pulls up like we do. No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this crew. Welcome to the show, let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us, it's not to give rough. Turn the whole room up, it's never enough. Let's go, 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 let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Sports Report Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. William D. Morgan. Got a lot to talk about tonight. NBA Finals, MLB, Tyreek Hill talking some nonsense. We're going to get into all of that. But first, let me introduce my guys. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't have Dan tonight. He is doing those Walmart and Trailer Parts tours once again. I'm tired of him just, just dishing us, man. Just dissing us, man. I'm sick of Dan doing that, man. We'll get on to him next week about that. But let me go ahead and bring my crew on first. This man had forgotten more baseball than I will ever, ever know. He is the owner of the seventh inning stretch. Let me bring my man seven in seven. What's up? Uh man, I we will have Dan for, for after dark tonight, but I think he just, you know, he uses those Walmart and trailer park tours to make sure he gets a chance to pick up the good meth. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons why he prioritizes it over us because we can't help him party in the clouds. <laughs> uh, I have to concur. I have to concur. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do it like that. Let me move. Let me head on. Let me head on over to the newest, still the newest member of Pitfall Streams, my man Gene. Gene, what's up? In the building. Hello. What's up? No mind. What's up, man? What's going on, bro? How you doing? Oh, I've been all right. I've just been on my Amish girl hunt. Things are looking up. You know? Gotta get you. Got gotta find that girl's got you on your butter, man. I'm holding out hope for you. Bushmaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, guys, we are streaming everywhere. We're on a YouTube page tonight. We're on Twitch. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. So let's go ahead and get let's go ahead and get this party started with the seventh inning stretch. Let's go. Seven, hit us up, man. Uh, it has been an interesting week. Um, I, I'm about to talk about my arch nemesis of baseball. Well, can you throw up that sign that we have because of me? Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. I'm going to do the red one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go, the red one, just to double emphasize it. <laughs> Tony fucking Larusa, And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say it just like that. So we have a couple of blunders in the last week that I think are going to end up costing him his job. I think he has finally done what I could not do with all of my temper tantrums in getting himself fired. Um, Tony is uh, first intentionally walked Trey Turner um, when the count was one ball and two strikes. Uh, Max Muncy was the next one to come up to bat. Muncy proceeded to hit a three-run shot 
The White Sox would go on to lose that game 11-9 in the postgame conference. Mr. Larusa himself defended the decision, saying that the numbers made sense with his record on two strikes against left-handed pitchers, um, except that, according to various stat websites, he's hitting 197 <laughs> when the count is one and two against left-handed pitchers. Wow. Um, continuing to defend his, his decision, um, we then saw on Saturday, as White Sox fans were extremely unhappy with the White Sox blowing a five-run lead in the game that they were playing, and the White Sox faithful were chanting, Fire Tony. Um, I've said it multiple times. Tony Russo lost me last year when he chastised that rookie for hitting a home run against a position pitcher in a game where they were blowing out their that player would get sent down three weeks later because he had stopped performing and he had been doing quite well in that couple of weeks leading up. Um, and he hasn't been back up. Leadership affects how these players play. Uh, we've talked multiple times on this show and on after dark about how management today in any professional sport is about managing personalities and egos. And the, the unfortunate thing is Tony doesn't know how to do that. He Before he came to the White Sox for the 2021 season, he had taken a 10-year break and had, let, had retired from baseball after he managed the Cardinals to the 2011 World Series Championship, which they won. Um, that 10-year gap, the game passed him by. Um, Chicago fans deserve a better coach. More importantly, the Chicago White Sox players deserve a better coach. Um, that organization is going through a lot right now. Um, and I know, I mean, several organizations are Baltimore organization. Uh, the son of the woman that's currently running it is suing for control. Basically they're both going to end up selling the team. I think they're just arguing over who's going to get a majority of the money because the owner had passed away. Um, and so kind of like the way the Broncos have been run, it's been basically run through a trust and the family was to overseeing everything. Um, but the White Sox are in trouble. They should be winning their division. We were breaking it down last night, and outside of a few injuries, they've got a very stout, very stout team. And I'm just, I'm at a loss. I mean, what do you guys think? Is 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 he finally getting close to getting sent home, or is he think it's going to take more? Well, that's, I mean, Tony Russo is 77 years old. I mean, uh, after a while, no matter how much knowledge you got about the game, uh, it doesn't uh, data doesn't compute as fast. You know, when you start getting a little older, uh, and I think that's what, I think that's what's happening here. His uh, his ability is diminishing. His, his decision making is diminishing, and I think it's due to his age, uh, his travel, uh, and biggest part, like you said, was uh, him being able to manage egos and characters and. Um, that, that could be a lot. Even if you do got a good assistant, you know, there, uh, he still calls the shots and it's his final say. Uh, but I think being 77, taking a 10-year layoff was just a little bit too much for him. Well, what do you think, man? Coaches are people, too, and they go through the same things that we do. And they're also more on that pressure cooker 
because they're responsible for their teens being successful. So between the age that was already said, the travel and things like that, um, plus his own stubbornness and ego, um, I was successful with this back then. It should still work now, and that's not always the case. So, um, I mean, I hate to see it for him. Uh, I mean, the man had a, his, his own video game, for God's sakes. Um, and I hate to see it, but it had to be done. And when we look at his career before coming to the White Sox, up to when he retired with the Cardinals in 2011, I don't think anybody can argue the greatness of Tony LaRusse as the skipper of your team. Um, this is his second set with the White Sox. It was actually his first coaching when he first started, when he first got into coaching, he was the head coach of the double A affiliate for the White Sox and then coached the triple A for a while. And then came up, I believe it was in 78, um, and coached the White Sox for a few years before he would end up going on to coach the A's and get them a few world series, get them a world series title and a few pennants and then on to the Cardinals as well. Um, I mean, he, he managed some big names. Throughout that time, Mark. Oh yeah, he did. Time with the A's. He Dennis Eckersley was one of his pitchers. Mark McGuire's time with the A's. Larusa was there. Um, you know, and I think a lot of the reason Lewis Larusa because Larusa went to the Cardinals in '95. Mark McGuire went to the Cardinals soon after. So I think there's you know Larusa is a reason behind that as well. Obviously, with the Cardinals, Mark McGuire goes makes on his home run, uh, home run record. Uh, chase that he did where, you know, before he was, con- you know, accused of using steroids. Um, mm-hmm. But Tony LaRusa has coached some legends. There, there's, there's no doubt about it. There's several legends that, that, you know, probably pretty easy to say that without Tony LaRusa, we might not have gotten out of them what we did. But I think that 10 year break was devastating to him. I yeah, because really- yeah, because a lot of the game really passed him by yeah, at that point. And, and he, has, he has a history of uh, of drinking. And um, he's had a history, even though you can't clean that up, it, it is a, a, a situation where it's a mental game where he could kind of uh, sober up or whatever. But I think he had a lot of issues with the drinking. Um, but And you don't know if that's carrying over to, to now. Uh, but, but obviously there's something there. Uh, that's in, uh, definitely keeping him from uh, making some right decisions about uh, his in-game his in-game managing. It 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 kills me to see a legend go down in a manner where we're spending more time talking about these recent blunders and these issues that have plagued Chicago because this team should be winning their division or at least giving Minnesota a run for their money. Um, and they're just underperforming. You know, we're talking about a man who's only had before this season since 2000, he's only had three losing seasons, right? Three. That's that, that's a pretty remarkable feat in any sport for that length of time. It really is. It is. He's only had four or five total over his career. Like it's, the number, I mean, he's got several pennants. I think at least three World Series titles, maybe more. Um, the, the, he's put up some remarkable numbers. And, I, and, and he was elected to the Hall of Fame in 2014. Yeah, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to ignore what he had done previously. But 
I think it's time to save the Tony Larusa experiment from coming back. Was was not successful. No, not at all. Um, not at all. The other thing that I thought was a big deal we could talk about, and I'll say nice things about the uh, the Yankees since Dan is not here. Um, I scrolled through Twitter yesterday, and Babe Ruth was tw- trending. Wow! And I was like, what? Come to find out, Saturday night, Aaron Judge hit his twenty third and twenty fourth homers. And this put him onto a list with two other Yankees, Babe Ruth, who did it three times, and Mickey Mantle, who did it once, as 23 or more homers in the first 59 games. Mm. Um, Yeah, and three of the five times it's been done by a Yankee were Babe Ruth. Mm. Mantle did it once, and then Judge has done it this year. And So so we're putting Aaron Judge up there as probably – uh, it's looking like he's going to be an elite baseball player for a while. Um, honestly, I would not be surprised. There's going to there, there's there's already early talk about MVP for him for what he's doing, mm-hmm. and it's it's honestly I can't say it's out of line. The Yankees are the best team in baseball right now. Aaron Judge is the best hitter on the best team in baseball right now. Right. Um, and don't get me wrong, New York has had some decent pitching. But it's nothing that's been super stellar. We're just having Garrett Cole within the last few games really find his groove without the spider tack. And, you know, but when you look at Aaron Judge and the, and, the, and the production that he's had both offensively and his fielding percentage is stupid good. Um, Aaron Judge is on an MVP tear. And I think that, you know, beginning beginning of the season, we were all laughing that he wanted 230 plus million. Um I don't think he signs it for less than 250 if his production keeps up. I think that's, I think that's low ball of him. That's cheap. Yeah, that's cheap. I, I, I would not be shocked to see his deal hit or break 300. Easy. Easy. Especially we're going into another era. I don't know where their, when their CBA, CBA is, but he should be. Got five, I think it's like five or it's, yeah, I think it's five years. Is it five years? Yeah. So he should be right over in the ballpark. I would think, you know, with these numbers and these statistics that he puts up, uh, he's in the ballpark to sign a, a 10-year, $400 million contract. You know? I, he's 29, so I don't expect a 10-year deal. No, we're looking more like five. At, at five to seven, I think five, two years, you know, with, you know, maybe a club option for year eight, you know, year seven, year eight, and then the years after year five are all player options. Yeah. Um, which I mean, but you know, the, the the and the interesting thing about baseball is everything is guaranteed anyway. This isn't like the NFL where it's like, oh, it could be up to half a billion dollars, but the guaranteed is like eighty six cents. Yeah, because there's, yeah, there's no ceiling there for them. There's no cap for them. Yeah, they. I mean, and it's the not like the Yankees the give a fuck about the salary cap anyway. Well, well I think too. <laughs> realistically, you got to you got to look at uh, the high probability of injury. Uh, baseball is not one of those sports where you know you see you see more or less ankles, elbows from pitching. But you know the injury. You know I can I can I could trust a guy for five years in baseball uh, because of it. it's yeah it's a lot more joint issue because baseball is a lot. But baseball is is more even like whether it's for well, pitchers for hitters. It's, it's not violent sport. Yeah, you're not. There's not very much contact. So you're more joint damage, ligament damage than anything yeah. else. Which most of the time is pretty well recoverable. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and when, and even for pitchers, when they get that Tommy, when they get Tommy John surgery, yes, they end up missing a full season, but they come back with an extra 
three to five mile per hour in velocity on the pitches. Well, until we run it into a technology-driven era, and technology in sports is like it's moving so fast forward. Uh, guys are having Achilles tears and coming coming back in the same season uh, to a degree, being able to be physically to be able to train or whatever. Uh, before we would see them out a whole year, they wouldn't be able to do anything. So yeah, uh, yeah, and Achilles and Achilles, and Achilles used to be a season-ending injury. Yeah, so it's the medicine. Uh, technology has really, really advanced that. And you it, gotta look at, but but Jose Ramirez now we can't take, we can't take that away from this guy. I mean, I think Jose is doing, uh, putting up good numbers. I think. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, I think, yeah. pretty sure he is the, he is the number one hitter in baseball right now statistically. Right. If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's still playing. He plays for the Guardians, right? Yep. Yeah, because yeah, and, and he's. He's in stupid good. Um, yeah. he's, 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 he's he's the second coming to Manny Ramirez. That's a fair assessment. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. They, they, their games are similar. Uh, big power hitters. Yeah. Uh, big power hitters, good speed around the bases. Uh, very heady. Uh, baseball inclined type guy. And uh, these guys, they seem like they never, they like uh, uh, energizer uh, uh, bunnies, man. These guys is just durable. These guys, when they get hurt, they get hurt. But when they're playing, they do exceptionally well with the progress that they're making. Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah. medicine today. When it especially when it comes to the damage, you know, the injuries, you know, with ligaments, joints, um, and stuff like that. Like it's there's so many more advancements that have been made. Yeah. Um, you know, and I like, and, and one of the things that always throws me off is if, imagine if they were putting this much energy into head injuries the whole time, where we would be at with, with, with treatment for concussions. Right. Um, because we should know a lot, a lot more about head injuries than we do. And I get that, that it's kind of difficult because based on our understanding right now, every head injury is different. It's, you know, it's almost a snowflake in that sense. Right. And so it's hard to predict, but you know, with the way that science is, a hundred years ago, we couldn't think of understanding what the brain looks like without cutting open somebody's head. Exactly. Right. And now we can take pictures with a big ass loud machine that's got a bunch of magnets in it. So there's got to be some way to figure these things out. And and yeah. you know, these individuals are already genetically superhuman. So the recovery rates are going to be better, especially with the nutrients that they take in, especially at that level. You're spending money taking care of your body on a regular basis. And so when that injury does come, you, you're you just going to heal quicker. Yeah, yeah. I think they got absolutely the best uh, uh, training staff, uh, doctors, uh, there for those guys. Um, you know, a lot of those injuries though, are not so much physically. It's all, sometimes it's just mental. And coming back from a big-time injury is very mental. You know, they can trust their bodies again to do the things that they did before that injury. And and that's a very valid point. And and I think and, and it's, you know, with, with my stuff and what I do, not just with the sports report, with the winter meetings, uh, After Dark, and then my, my, my parenting and mental health podcast that Will co-hosts with me that's coming back this, this Sunday on Father's Day. Um, you know, mental health is an important thing because I think that, that – not just because there is a mental health epidemic going on in this country, but there are, we have so spent so much time 
as a society and in, 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 in the health sciences, learning to take care of the body, yeah. but completely ignoring or virtually ignoring, I don't say completely, virtually ignoring right. the mental impact of these activities, the mental impact of day to day. You know, yes, every head injury is different. Every person that goes through a traumatic event, two people could go through the same traumatic event and come out with different experiences and, and different, have different recoveries. So, and that's, well, that's why we see, and like with these hitters in, in these ballparks, every ballpark they're making now is definitely a hitter's ballpark. Uh, you know, of course. of course. Oh, yeah. Definitely a hitter's ballpark. So it takes a little bit off of the flair, I would, I would, I would say. You know, the, uh, these aren't the Babe Ruth era. Where it's about 499 feet, 520 feet, you know, you gotta, you know, you're putting a lot of stress in your body to uh, get that ball out of the ballpark and to stay physically fit for 162 games. Uh, you know, that's a lot. It's a lot of pressure on these guys. And uh, Major League Baseball is uh, definitely uh, reaping the benefits of, of 162 games per team. <laughs> I mean, um, you can pay guys as much money, but like Aaron Judge. That guy's physically fit. I mean, that guy's an animal. He's man. I'm like, wow. You know. And yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Peak physical human condition. Mm -hmm. I mean, peak. I mean, peak human phys physical condition. And uh, Manny Ramirez is just pure uh, effort, heart. You know, hard nose. You know, type player. You know. Yeah, and it's a big difference. There is. You know, and when we look at you know the differences in some of these guys, like you can see some bigger, some of the bigger guys like Manny or Big Poppy that were more on the power side. Mm -hmm. Whereas you get some of the, you know, like an even judge, like judges, you know, a lot of people don't realize judge, your judge is like six, six, four, six, five, something like yep. that. He's like six, five. Yeah. And he's built like a tight end, but he covers center field with the speed of a safety or a wide receiver. Right. Right. Like in deep in the secondary, it's like, he's moving like, a, you know, a taller version of Tyreek Hill, but he's built like Travis Kelsey. Like that's, that's insane. It is insane. And, and as much as I hate the Yankees, because I am a Red Sox fan and think the Yankees can go fuck themselves. I will call out good baseball. And Aaron Judge right now is playing some damn good baseball, as much as it hurts me to say. Is, he, is, is Aaron Judge more important to the Yankees than Jose Ramirez is important to the Guardians? Yeah. And, 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 and the reason that I say yes is because Jose Ramirez is younger. Mm -hmm. And so he's, his impact on that team right now is his on-field production. Like he's a good guy in the locker room, but he's not the guy in the locker room. I'll take that. You know what I mean? Yep. Whereas Aaron Judge, he steps onto that field, whether he's got a bat in his hand or a glove in his hand, he's expected to be perfect. And then you walk in to the dugout and into the clubhouse, and he's that leader in there too. Absolutely. And and that takes that takes a lot of 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 drive and focus and stability to be able to handle that pressure both on and off the field. And it's not just that he's doing it in a, in a professional baseball clubhouse. It's that he has to do that in one of the biggest baseball organizations in the world. Mm. At least one of the biggest markets, right? 
one of the, and, and it, yeah, I mean, yeah, biggest market, but like in value and by value, the Yankees, I believe, are the highest rated baseball team. I think they are. I just seen them. They're worth. I think they're top as far as team worth, what they're worth, and uh, yeah. So it's well because it's 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 the teams like it's it's the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Red Sox that are ones that are pretty much at the top of the list. Yeah. Um. And the Dodgers have climbed their way up to that third slot. But, you know, it, it, or, you know, back and forth second with, with Boston, because I know Boston's I know Boston's level kind of is a little bit more fair weatherish in some to some extent. So their value kind of fluctuates a bit. But I mean, the, the, those are your top three. So, so to, to be a leader they, in those in clubhouses. Mix. Yeah, they definitely in the mix, though. Boston stays in the mix. It's to be a leader in that clubhouse. You know, any one of those three clubhouses, like what Mookie Betts is doing, trying to keep these guys under control down in the down in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, Freddie Freeman came in. He's trying to lead. I guess he and Muncie got into a little spat the other day in a players only meeting. I saw that coming across Twitter the other day. Um, <laughs> but it's. It's tough. All so right. Just, seven. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, Seven, getting us caught up on the, the world of the MLB. Um, telling the Yankees they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Every time that – okay, so you know the – have you ever seen the movie Ted yep. with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so yes. you know the Thunder song? Yep. Okay, I, every time the Yankees win, I sing a different version of that. Fuck you, Yankees, and you can suck my dick. You know, (laughs) be honest with you, why don't you? Be honest with with us, why don't you? And a quick plug, everybody, make sure that you tune in tonight to Sports Report After Dark. Uh, We are going to be talking about um, Ohio State football coach Ryan Day's work in mental health in the Ohio State football program. I cannot wait to talk about this. That's awesome. All right, let's go ahead and get everybody caught up in the world of the NBA. We got a game going on tonight, as a matter of fact. So let's go ahead and get everybody caught up with the hardwood. Here we go. guys all right talking about the nba we got a game going on right now this series is tied up at 2-2 right now the golden state warriors are leading the boston celtics 51 to 49 uh we got 10 minutes and 15 seconds left in the third quarter this series has been back and forth gene i'll start with you who do you think takes this i wanted boston in the beginning i think i said that a couple times i thought boston if they could win uh, those last two games, if they go on both of those at home and come into this three, up 3-1, three, I'll say Boston all day. But uh, going, uh, letting Golden State get the momentum in that last game and then coming back to California to play two more games, it's just going to be tough. Uh, it's just, it's just going to be tough. I think these guys are uh, not exceptionally physical, more physical than Boston. I think it's just they've been down this road so many times. And they know how to go home and win. They know how to play in their arena. And guys figured it out from this last game, uh, basically how to slow down Tatum. Uh, he looked at he looked at Horde in the first first half of that game. Turnovers and missed shots. Yeah. Uh, he settled for bad shots. Um, yep. 
he settled for bad passes. And I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to be the leader of this team. And he's trying to get the ball in places where they know they could be successful. Uh, but it just isn't working. And, uh, and he's not a point guard. And that's the thing. He's trying to be a he's trying to be a point guard, but he's really not a point guard. He's actually a three. He can play on the wing. Um, he's very good at coming downhill and getting to the rim. Uh, but I said that earlier in the earlier in the first couple games. I said Boston, if they could stay physical like they've been, they've been very physical with, with Golden State. And I and I see them wearing down just a little bit because uh, they had to be physical on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. And they did a good job in those first three games uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But I think in that last game, we started seeing the decline in the defense. And they were it was a lapse. They were let, leaving guys open, shooting threes, wasn't getting out, closing out. So I think we've seen the best of Boston at this point. I feel you. Um, I still want Boston to win this series. I'm still rooting for Boston. I absolutely do. Um, I don't want to see Draymond win another damn ring. <laughs> but I, I, I can feel you on that one. But I also, gee, we got a little, I think we got a little feedback coming back from your mic. Um, I feel like the, the thing of it is, is Draymond is doing that remarkable thing that we have not seen done in a long time. And he is putting that team on his, or Steph has put this, put that team on his back and is trying to carry them to a finals. He is bound and determined to do this without KD. You, uh, you know what? I, I, that storyline hasn't popped up during this whole series about KD. Um, I, I think, I think the bigger story is, is his his mom and dad's divorce and the people that they're dating. I think. That's oh God, I saw that. <laughs> I think NBA wife swap. Uh, NBA wife swap. Uh, I think that is a bigger storyline than, than uh, uh, KD, actually. But uh, Steph did do a good job the last game of, you know, being the guy that we know he could be. That's all I can say. I said, you know, but like I said, there's a lapse in defense there. And if you don't stay on him and guard him outside the three-point line, uh, you're obviously going to have problems with him. He's the best shooter to ever shoot the ball. And yeah. he played like it that last game. Yeah. Steph Curry's the best pure shooter in the league right now. I don't think anybody can deny that. And I think that no that's, question. No question. I, I won't say pure shooter. shooter. I, I don't think he's no text, question. I don't think he's a textbook shooter. I think he's just developed a way to get that thing to go in the hole. Because I think Clay Thompson, uh, when he's good, he's solid, he's at the top of his game, pound for pound, the best textbook shooter in the league. But but Clay uh, has to been himself due to yeah. the injuries. Well, that's Clay can't – the lack of consistency is Clay's problem. Yeah, well, the lack of consistency after those injuries. Uh, we haven't seen that Clay Thompson that we, we, we've come to love as a, as a shooter and as a uh, player of, on that team and a defensive player on that team. What's up, uh, KW? KW, what's up, bro? So, yeah, you know, uh, but but Steph, uh, undoubtedly the number one shooter. I, I could never – you got to give him his respect. You never take that away from him. But he's, right. he's managed to – uh, wear these guys down just a tad, and um, it's looking like it's it's just not going. Boston's gonna go Boston's way. Right now, I I, guys. Right now, I'm looking at the score. I'm um, looking at box scores. Um, right now, Andrew Wiggins leading Golden State with 16 points. Um, Steph Curry is right behind him. Uh, Draymond looks to be a little bit more involved. Three of six from the field. He's got eight points. 
Uh, Clay Thompson right now has five. So, you know, um, off a two or seven shooting for Boston, uh, Jason Tatum at 19 points leading the way for them. And the Knicks behind him are three tied at eight. And he's definitely, that's leading the way for, uh, for Wiggins, you know, but I think that's too, I think that's strategy. I think right. we, we, I think a strategy on the, on the part of, uh, we'll let this guy burn himself a little bit and then put up some shots and then here comes Steph and, 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 uh, Draymond down the stretch. The, go ahead. I, I, I'm just thinking, man. They get game. I think it was game three. They wasted a good, um, a good outing by Clay, um, in that game three loss. So I, um, I, I don't know, man. Um, Clay's got to get it going. Draymond's got to get it going because Steph can't do it by himself every game. Um, you know, for them to win this series. Um, in order for Boston to win, look, I've said it before. Marcus Smart is not a very good point guard. He's no. a good defensive player, but he's not a very good point guard. Right. And um, between that, everything that Boston does is ISO. And with, Jay, with Jason Tatum turning the ball over, that even compounds it even more. Mm-hmm. So they need to really get themselves together. Um, and maybe during the offseason, I don't know who you're looking at. But um, they, they they gotta get a point guard. They gotta get a point guard because right now everything is off ISO, 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 and you and as we seen with the Brooklyn Nets, you can stop that. So they they gotta get it together. They gotta get it together and stop these turnovers, create some easy baskets for themselves because that's what they're not doing. Um, and the, their defense is holding up very well right now because Golden State is normally a third quarter team, and yeah. That they haven't, right and right now they haven't turned on the afterburners yet. So they're right there. So let's see if, if Boston can, if Boston can steal another one on the road. Well, well we hope so. And like I said, if they if they can steal this one on the road, then it goes seven. But if they if they don't manage to make it out of here tonight with a win, it's over. It's done. Yes, yeah, kiss the babies. I I see why you guys are saying what you're saying. But it, it's <laughs> I think this is gonna go to seven either way. And I'm gonna say something and this kills me even as a Suns fan, but for people that aren't understanding the the impact that a good point guard would have for the Celtics team. If you take Chris Paul, CP3, the point guard himself, and put him on the Celtics roster, the Celtics roster, the Celtics would sweep the Warriors in four. I guarantee it. A good point guard. I wouldn't wouldn't say four. Sweep in four. I I wouldn't say sweep. The combined prowess of CP3. I would say six. Well, here's the reason why I I don't think they sweep him in four. Uh, He had a hell. You know, CP3 would have a hell of a time (laughs) defending a lot of those guys uh, running through all those ball screens. Right. I just don't. I, I just don't think. Physically, at this point, no, he couldn't. He couldn't. He would help them offensively, but I think he would be a liability defensively. I think. I think Golden State's too big for him. Uh, when you send in Looney and those guys up to set those screens, they get to chucking this guy. Uh, he's very injury prone, so you know you tap on him a little bit, you know. But I understand where you're going with that because they don't have a bona fide point guard. Nope. Right now. 
and they're making a makeshift point guards with Smart, and then they're letting Tatum bring the ball up, uh, and then this kid that comes off the bench, he comes and brings the ball up. So I understand where you're going with that. It does make them a better team. I will give you that. The the thing that I would say when you look at and and first of all, I, I'm I'm looking at here. I want to show you something really quick. Sure. To back up my statement on Chris Paul giving the Warriors the chance to giving the Celtics, what, giving the Celtics, what, giving the Celtics the chance. There's got to be a stat. What what stat would that? Be? Hold on, I'm not going to show you a stat, my friend. Oh, he's going to show you. He's going to show you D stats. Oh, D stats. D stat. D's stats. Okay. So when you look at some of the things that stand out to me is you only have, you have to go back to 2007, or I'm sorry, 2018. D stats. Or no, I'm sorry. Okay. Correction. 2019 mm-hmm. to find games where Chris Paul shoots under 50% against Golden State. That's three, four, eight one out of so that's eight games out of what do you got here three six nine twelve like 25 games Mm -hmm. since 2014 Mm -hmm. golden state who runs who has very consistently runs a similar build to what they do as far as their roster is concerned Mm -hmm. and you've only got a handful of games in those stats where he scored less than 10 points and that and that is from 2014 from 2014 to last year this and the suns beat golden state uh-huh. all three of the times all four of the times that well, they played him last year right and and that 2014 that puts him on uh that's it that's, so that's including the clippers that's the Clippers, and then that's Houston too, right? Houston and OKC. Yeah, Houston, OKC. So that's four different teams. So you got the, because that is a great stat. I mean, anytime you can shoot, you you, you know, over fifty percent against those teams, it is a great stat. Can't yes. take that away from. But we got to look at also the complexity of those teams and the players that he had around him that helped him be able to do that. And now, with with this, with Phoenix, I mean, with him going to. You know, Golden State now. You mean Celtics now? Well, yeah, the Celtics. I'm sorry. If you go with the Celtics now, I we're talking a decline because we've seen it the last couple of years. He doesn't show up when he needs to show up in the big game. That's fair. And the later are, the se- the later the season gets, the more wear out he get. Wore out he gets. The more wore out he get, and those are regular season stats. I don't know if those, any of those. Yeah, that includes postseason too. Okay, that's postseason. Okay, so what we've seen though in the in the in the last few years, even even in OKC when they made the run, you know, uh, you know, he came up short again. So I I want to say I love him in the regular season, and I think he is a bona fide point guard. Don't get it twisted. Matter of fact, he's the best passing point guard in the NBA. And, yeah. But but he cannot, in my opinion, uh, help that team beat a Golden State team. Yeah. Four games. I just don't and, and here's the thing. The reason why I say that is because 
he is going to give you a lot more direction. Absolutely. And while he may not be, as a player, mm-hmm. a great asset on defense, mm-hmm. if he hangs back and directs traffic, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot harder for those the, those those high screens mm-hmm. and those speed screens to be be as effective because mm-hmm. he's going to be telling everybody where to go before Golden State even knows what to do. Well, he's got great vision. He knows where, like I said, he's the best passing point guard. His, and, and that's his thing. And that's one of the, and I think it's one of the biggest assets of CP3 is his court vision. Yep. Great court vision. I think um, he's getting to the point, and I'm not sure, no disrespect to Chris, but with his, with his, but with his, de- with, but with his decline, <laughs> would a good team start bringing him off the bench? No. No, Hell you're no. not going to get No. Hell no, not CP3. If CP3 is on your roster, he's, he's starting. He's starting. Yeah. I, it's kind of like, I mean, obviously to a lesser extent, but it's kind of like thinking that with LeBron being later in his career, you're going to bring him in as your sixth man. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. That's true. No, no you're not. Find a way for that to work. Him <laughs> on the at the same time. Yeah, seven, we agree on that. Uh, he's not going to come off anybody's bench. No. He'll, he'll retire before that happens. You say he'll if retire it, before that happens? Yeah, he'll probably retire before that. Oh, happens. and according to KW 61. Celtics for the lead, yeah, 60, 61.59. Yep, 61.59. They are in the go. lead. In the lead. Why, am I, why is mine behind? I'm, I'm at 61.57. Oh, okay. Let's get refreshed. I didn't hear what he said. What he said. <laughs> I said it's because you're black. Oh, 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 hey, you know what? Move me over. Move, move my screen over to your side. Oh, 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 wait, wait. I'm hold not going to play this. I'm not going to play There we go. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. There we go. That's a lot better. Could you repeat that again? Could you repeat that again? It's because you're black. Oh, oh he man. said it all in the mic too. All yeah, oh, in the mic. Because you're black. Because you're black. And I want an Amish. And I want an Amish. Oh man. Oh man. But no, seriously, this is uh, Boston is kind of hanging in there, and it's looking like uh, Jalen Brown is making some big plays, and uh, there's Curry again. Andy Robert Jackson. Williams showed up tonight. He's got 14 points going on right now, so he showed up tonight a lot better than he did last game. Um, if they can keep this thing close, it definitely favors Boston to get the win. But Golden State, all it takes is one run. Tanner's oh, four for six from three. Smart's three for six mm-hmm. from three. Al Horford's two for three from from beyond the arch. Like mm-hmm. the the. the those are the kind of numbers that they should be putting up to stay in contention with Golden State because you know that Golden State is shooting the three like a motherfucker. That's their yeah. ticket because yeah. you've got Steph Curry on your team who is, you know, we can maybe we can argue best best pure shooter, but he right. is the best ranged shooter in the game. Oh, ranged true. shooter, he's the best. Absolutely, oh, there's no hey, question. By far. By far. By far. And so oh. we'll say, I don't know, we'll see what happens, but I'm going for the Celtics still. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. I'm I mean, going. I want the Celtics to win. Yeah, I think we're yeah. on the same page about wanting the Celtics to win. I just yeah. Uh, they made it. You know, they made it difficult for themselves going back to California and playing 
uh, with a basically zero. When you go two two, you back at zero again. Yep. Three game yep. series at that. Three game series at that point. Yep. So. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and get in this foolishness that Tyreek Hill has to say. Let's go ahead and get us. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and get us caught up on the huddle. Let's go. All right, I want to start with seven on this one because Tyreek Hill is his his former chief, and he's talking all this nonsense about Tua being more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Nonsense, man. Nonsense. Oh, I'm stretching, goddammit. Give me a second. I, I Go gotta, ahead. I'm a stretch on. Yes, get him. Get no. this man. He about to find out. He, he about to find out how the other half live. Go on, get him seven. Here's the deal. Tyreek Hill just got a bunch of fucking money from the Dolphins. The Dolphins could have walked in there and been like, look, we just paid you a shit ton of money. You're going to walk out there and say that every once in a while, somebody should be allowed to slap their mama for getting mouthy. He's going to be like, all right, cool. This is money. He's And, and here's the thing. The prevailing narrative around to attack Miola is his noodle arm, right? And 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 we all know that we've all made jokes. I've made jokes about it. But Tyreek understands one thing: his bid for the Hall of Fame ain't over yet. He's only got one ring. Fact. Yes, he's put up some remarkable statistics, but he needs to add to that resume, especially with some of the off the field stuff that's been around, to make sure he doesn't have to wait to get into the Hall of Fame. And he said in this same podcast that he plans to retire as a chief. But he needs to build up his quarterback. You know, we all forget, if you look at that roster outside of that quarterback slot, that is the best on paper offense in the NFL right now going into the season. Who is that? Are you serious? Look at that roster. They made a huge grip of offseason pickups, and that is offense is – is trying to be stellar. I like it on paper. I'll agree. They picked up a lineman. I agree. They got Tyreek Hill. They got uh, Mostert uh, at the running back spot. They got Mostert if, if, if he comes back uh, mm-hmm. to the guy he was before the injury, obviously. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. They got the fullback from the Raiders, uh, Ingold, Alex Ingold, which is uh, by far tough as nails. Can't catch yeah. for them. But uh, <laughs> then you have the other receiver. Uh, Got Jalen Waddle there. That's what I'm talking about, Waddle. I said he was NFL ready when he was in college. You know, I like those pieces. But again, Tua cannot throw a ball downfield to save his life. Now, mind you, what, 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 this is what we're seeing when we're seeing voluntary camps. It's like seven on seven. Dart Lizard, what's up? We don't have in the seven oh sevens. You don't have uh, pressure coming from a line. You don't have a DB back there trying to take passes. You know, it's about right. running and about range on that football, throwing it good, and, right? Uh, good movement, good footwork, and he too goddamn slow. He's he his arm, and he put so much air under the ball. It's like, dude, and he's putting everything he has in it. And 
I know he had that injury, and it, it was a really tough injury to come back from, and I'm glad he's playing from an injury standpoint and don't want to see him <coughs> get hurt. But he's not only a noodle arm, he's like a uh, ramen noodle. <laughs> the chicken flavor. Chicken flavor ramen noodles. Hey. Yeah, he's, he's shrimp flavor. Hey, I think they're seeing now the mistake they made when he passed up on Justin Herbert. I think they're Absolutely. seeing that mistake now. Oh, and, they know. And but they, they know they know two things because he's a Justin Herbert's obviously shown he's a he's a better quarterback talent wise, skill set yep. wise. Yep. And sometimes you got to weigh out systems. You know, some quarterbacks don't don't work in 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 certain. Uh, Which is a very fair. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. point. They don't, they, they don't they don't absolutely work in uh, each other's different systems or whatever. So. Uh, you know, to a, we just not seeing enough skill set from him. You know, I, I don't see uh, his biggest target was uh, Gasecki, the tight end. You know, I like Gasecki. I like Gasecki. I, I like Gasecki too. But like I said, if I, if you're throwing the ball to me all the time, I'm going to get some stats. Uh, but when you can't make those throws uh, over the shoulder, when you can't make those throws and put it in front of those guys, and those guys have to not only uh, high point the ball. And he just can't. He could get it in the windows to a degree. I've seen him make that 15 to 20 yarder. Uh, but for Tyreek to say that this guy is more accurate than Pat Mahomes, that's absolutely insane. But I understand what he's coming from. He's building his quarterback up. Exactly. Not, that's my point. He's building his quarterback up because he yes. wants to try and make you know make something well, he happen. Know, he knows he, he knows he's not that good. He knows it. He's like, yeah, this guy's got some problems. Only reason why I wanted out of KC is because I was getting underutilized or whatever, and I can't say that because I'm gonna tell you why. Dude has world world class speed, right? And I I don't see, and I watch a lot of football. We all do, and he's just not that type of receiver because of his size to get downfield, and you can make those type of throws to him downfield. Uh, he does get out in front of get past corner. I mean, get past DBs. He does do a good job of that. His separation, but yeah, he's yeah, he's great, great. with separation. He, he gets great separation, but he's so effective. He's not as effective to me, and this is just my personal opinion. Than Travis Kelsey, I think Travis Kelsey is a bad. It's just a bad matchup. You can't match up with this guy. He yeah. gets in places. He gets in the free uh, spaces on the on the field. And Tyreek didn't show me that he could be just this downfield uh, deep threat, you know, all the time. Uh, once you got two a uh, too high safety sitting there or whatever, but he's not to me. He's got world class speed, but that's all and he got. I, I think that that and, and I said this when Tyreek was on the Chiefs. This was before you came. That with the changes that Kansas City has had to make because they've realized that that too deep shell coverage kills their long ball. Mm-hmm. And they need to actually go back to the old school West Coast offense and dink and dunk to force those safeties in and then send somebody deep. I think if you want to best use Tyreek Hill, you put him in the slot and put him on a slant route. Slant, wheel, every time. Pick one to go. Well, that's what I think that's where he was effective at. Uh, only thing is, is a lot of times uh, when you when you load the box up on defense, it makes it tough for him to really get into a position where he could get quick separation. I mean, those passes got to come out of a quarterback's hand awfully fast for him in that situation. So they usually get him on a crossing route where right. he could – where he could kind of pick up that speed going across the field. You know, you can't catch him. And all you could do is uh, pretty much 
box him in to a degree and don't allow him to get in the yak yard. Um, what they call in football, you bracket the guy. You know, yeah. You bracket, yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, he Travis Kelsey can actually uh, jump over. Well, yep. he can, and he yep. played he played basketball in high school, so he's got he's yeah. got more verticality than you see out of some other yeah. players because well, that was part of one of the things he used to do. Well, he does a now. Good job of shading his defenders, and he makes those uh, safeties uh, respect him. And instead of just trying to jump over him or break on the ball for an interception, they rather just sit back and allow him to get the completion. In certain instances, allow him to get the completion and then make the tackle with him. And I think that's just been their bread and butter. I think Tyreek Hill's been a great addition. I wouldn't not want him on a team that I would have uh, because of that because of that speed. But he's 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 to me he's not a number one receiver. Well, I, now now and, and his fantasy stock plummeted with the change to Miami. Absolutely. I I mean hell yeah. No, seven didn't get cut off. Seven had to go let his dogs out. Um, Who let the dogs out? Me, 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 me. Um, <laughs> but it, it, I, I think that Tyreek is gassing up his quarterback. Yeah, me too. And I think that it's an important thing to do because he knows he's still got time left on the clock. And he may not be – he knows he's not going to put out the results that he had in Kansas City. He's still, he, 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 he still got 1,000 yards. And I think that's why he's gassed up his quarterback is because he wants to get he wants to still try and fight for that thousand yards because that's one of his prides that's his consistency. Because Jalen Watt barely got it last year. Yeah, but can he? That's the question. Can that's he? the I, thing. He barely got it last scheme. year. Well, well, yeah, and that and that was the thousand yards was really on Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, he, he and he barely got it. He barely got it, but he when he got it, he created yards when he did get it, and he's a yep. great receiver. And uh, but that's a good question. Does he get a thousand yards with Tua? I think this will be the first season we see Tyreek Hill not get a thousand yards. I think it's gonna be hard. It's gonna. Be I think hard. it's gonna be a lot harder. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a lot what harder. You, he could be he could be coming off a of bubble what screens, bunch of slants, and it will be. You know, that, you, that, I mean, you can no use more. him in the wildcat. Yeah. Um, and I mean, some stuff. Well, I think he's definitely gonna be with the with the. What the research I did on the court, this head coach from uh, San Francisco, this McDaniel's guy, he's going to use him as a gadget player. You know, he's going to put him all over the place. He's going to make it hard for the for you to match up with him. Um, he's going to make it hard for you to double team him. Um, obviously, it's going to be a hard double team if you're sitting on top of him and then you got uh, a one on one with Waddle. Uh, that's going to be tough for a lot of teams. But I still say, and I will say, even with this roster, and I looked at that roster from head to toe. Uh, that secondary is still going to be a problem for Miami because they don't have nothing on the other side. I think you know, they got they got they, they got one good corner. The other they side got, is lacking. Yeah, the other side is lacking. So um, they should have gotten Tyron Matthew. Oh my god! Oh my god! If they got Tyron Matthew out, I, I would say these guys got potentially a chance uh, because of defense uh, mm-hmm. to go to go deep into the playoffs. Absolutely, and that's the thing is that that secondary is so crucial for your defense yep. because I mean you get the, those inside guys, your 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 linebackers and your your ends and your tackles that are right there on defense. Go get the ball. That's what you tell. That's the strategy. Go get the ball. Yep. Yep. It's those guys in the secondaries that make or break your game because of the impact of passing in the NFL now. Absolutely. 
I mean, Xavier, I mean, outside of Xavier Howard, yeah, that secondary is lacking. That's it. That's it. Xavier Howard. That secondary is lacking. The secondary is lacking. I'm telling you that now. And I, and, and I like everything that they've done up front uh, defensively, especially with the DNs. Yeah. Uh, with the, the Phillips guy. and, and Melvin Ingram. Uh, yeah, Melvin Ingram, uh, which Melvin Ingram is going to be a big, big, big contributor of, of a lot of information on that defensive side of the ball. But, <clears throat> and he'll be great for that locker room, too. Yeah. yeah, team, yeah. Team, teams teams that take – because one thing we're seeing is we're seeing a, a, a nice overhaul of receivers that's coming in the league and – and um, they're going to take the top off of some defenses. That's just period, yeah. you know, because it tells you a lot about when we don't see a lot of running backs go high in the draft, then where the importance was, the priority was passing. Right. And that was getting receivers and getting linemen to be able to uh, allow your quarterback to make plays. And uh, so I don't see a lot of teams uh, using a, a, a run format uh, as, a prim- as a primary uh, offense. Um, I think the only one of the it's a couple of teams, but one of the only other teams that should uh, primarily probably use their run game is probably Cleveland more. The Titans uh, and the Titans. Oh my God! Well, well, Derrick Henry, you got to understand, <clears throat> the guy left the game, was leading the league in rushing, and it still took a couple guys a few more games to catch where he was at. The so, same as the year before. If yeah. Derrick Henry could stay healthy, the Titans could literally run their way into the postseason. They absolutely could. Because I, who was their receivers anyway? I forget who they have last year. They, I think they got what's your name from Atlanta. They had Julio. Yeah, Julio. Julio Julio gone. AJ gone. You say AJ Brown? Um, was it AJ Brown or AJ Green? AJ Brown. AJ Green. AJ Brown. I'm sorry. AJ Brown. Um, they picked up. They picked up. Yeah. They picked up a receiver who's really, really similar to AJ Brown, um, but yeah, that's still gonna be a run dominated team. It's still gonna be a run dominated team, but they, they got the line for it though. You know, they it, got one of the best lines in the league. Uh, the reason they're a run dominant team though is their quarterback. <clears throat> you can't be Tannehill is not Tannehill is an old school quarterback. You're, he's an old school pocket passer. He loves to stay in that spot. Mm-hmm. You get him out of that spot, he's fucked. That's why their run game has been so instrumental because he can use the they've used the option more to check into that so that he can just hand the ball to Derrick Henry ready to scare. Right. They need to get a better quarterback. Oh, and I forgot they got Robert Woods too. I I I, I, I and, and, and I know this is gonna sound and I'll throw this out there. Would that roster, the Titans roster, be a good way to see if you can get more out of Baker Mayfield than Cleveland did? If he went to Tennessee? Listen, it's one thing about Baker that people need to understand. It's like he's one-dimensional. He, he throws from one side. He, he boots from one side. Uh, play action is his baby. That's yeah. his game. You know, uh, defense – caught on to that play action and they was tearing his butt up uh the the problem with baker is is he's so prideful he's so prideful because he played enough football in his career from probably little league all the way to the pros he he knows the game i i, I won't take that away from him but he's so right. damn prideful he's so prideful he won't let nobody show him the way you know and i think that's just that's my personal opinion and, 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 
it is and, and and the new lawsuits for on Deshaun Watson can't be helping because that's kind of just making him feel better after the Browns made that comment about they they went for Deshaun because they wanted an adult in the room. Absolutely. The ball's in his court at this point. You know he knows it. And he knows that because Deshaun more likely listen, man, you can't it's called the powers of two. You know, not one person said it, but two two people said it. So it's gotta be believable at some point. Uh but the thing is is uh, he, this, this is your adult in the room now. Yep. Deshaun Watson. This is your adult in the room. They like what? This guy has got some issues. And then Cleveland tried to clean it up by saying, uh, "We actually asked the women in the organization, would it be okay for us to sign this guy?" You know, that's a crock of shit. You yeah, know, it is. Yeah, you know, that's a crock of shit. Yeah, it and is. Then one was like, "Well, I don't feel safe in the training room with this guy." You know, if he's going to be masturbating over everything, you know, like, you know, <laughs> it's and, and and I think what makes it worse with the Deshaun Watson is is the New York Times information that came out that there was 60 plus therapists that the Texans 66 different massage therapists they used in an 18 month period. Mm-hmm. And the team scheduled most of them, including ones without licenses. Right. We're aware of some of these allegations that had already been brought to the team against him and were continuing to enable his alleged behavior. Right. Absolutely. So they're just as, they're just as guilty. And that's why they got added to the suit. They're just as culpable if that's true. Well, and, and that, well, it's a good thing that they got added to the suit when you look at it in a whole because now that shows that not only did, did he, he do these things, or he did these things. We 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 were speculating that he did these things, but now when we throw Houston in there and there was a, a open door for him to do these things mm-hmm. because, you, because he's your star quarterback and you want to keep him happy. Obviously, that's what this is about. And but now it goes to show why he's in this position he's in today because we allowed you to do some things that we knew were wrong, and you wanna you wanna dip out on us? You wanna leave? And you wanna exit? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna screw you. But it turned back and, and it's going to uh, backfire on the Houston Texans uh, because of that. I, I think Texans ownership will have to sell. Yeah, I think that's the end of the road for this is Texans ownership will have to sell. Well, because we, we've only gotten to the, 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 the we're not even close to what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. The information that's about to be put out, you know, because of this. Uh, Deshaun's going to have to talk. Oh yeah, he's going to have to talk, and, and adding them, adding the Texans in on this on this uh, lawsuit, this discovery phase, when all of that information gets found out and pulled into court evidence, and then ends right. up getting released to public, yes. this is going to be a shit show for the NFL. It's going to be a shit show for the Cleveland Browns because you risked your organization, uh, you buried you buried your starting quarterback, which we know he's not no. I mean, come on. I mean, we're talking not. Personally, I don't, I don't go to fucking Baker's house, and and I, I think his wife talks too much. But uh, but other than that, uh, I don't I don't go to Baker's house. But he he was your starting quarterback. He shouldn't have been in the first place. And then you tell him he's a kid, and then you bring in a guy who has childish behavior, immature behavior. Uh, that organization, I'm telling you, will I, I can't. They're, they're going to be the laughing stock after this is said. They are because they signed him for all that money. 
under the guise of uncertainty. Yeah, but there's and, a clause. There's a clause you, in that in that contract. It's, it's got to be. Yeah, well, it, I think if they release him, and mm. it, it nullifies and cancels the uh, contract. So it's got to um, be. Yeah, and I think they want to. I think they want to work Baker first and get him out of the way uh, before he opens up his big mouth about whatever they was doing while he was there. Uh, you know, get him out of the way, and then um, Jacoby Brissett mm. uh, is can move into that role. But well, yeah, as, as they go into uh, mandatory camp, uh, they'll bring Jacoby Brissett in with the first team. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll start. They know this guy. They said that uh, D Haslam, which is the uh, wife of uh, and co-owner of the Cleveland Browns, she's on that. Uh, board the disciplinary board for the nfl yeah so you know she's going to have some some talks outside the room when the when the recorder's off and Mm. and unofficial uh she's going to have some talks but i don't think she can say nothing that's going to help this situation at all uh, because because if she if if Mm -mm. they because if the nfl does even slightly remotely looks like they want to uh have this guy play without a fair uh, investigation and a fair look at things, then they're going to get ridiculed like they're already going to get ridiculed. Oh, yeah. I agree. They, the, the, the truth of it is with all of this, with all of these allegations, it's you, – you, you can't you can't just suspend Deshaun Watson for one season. That ship has sailed. I agree. And I think that that's going to be what makes this even more interesting as far as how the Browns respond, what happens to the Texans. Yeah. Uh, but to answer KW's question, it's possible that they were like waiting on a physical or something like right before mini camps to get things going. But yes, Devontae was already traded to the Raiders like two months ago. Yep. Well, he was, yeah, well, he was, he, he was traded. What it was is he, he denied, they wanted to make him a franchise guy. And in that process, by contract, he was allowed to still, uh, once they offered that franchise tender and he says no, he's still he's eligible to go look at things. And I think him and Derek Carr got together pretty early and said, you know, that we're going to make this happen and we're just going to go down the right channels to make it happen. And that was about two months ago. Uh, I think that's the best move in football. I think uh, the, I can't say enough about the Raiders. I can't say enough about and they're, they're doing a whole lot to still play second in the AFC West of the Chiefs. <laughs> It's going to be funny to see you two guys go at it during the hey, football Mahomes, season. I, I tell you this. I tell you this. Y'all got a lot going on in KC, too. You know what I mean? Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy ought to be pissed, and he ought to sabotage that offense. Nah. Somewhere. Right now, the Golden State Warriors have a lead in a Boston Celtics in the fourth quarter. We're looking at 85 to 76. Yeah, eight minutes eight and minutes. one seconds to go in the quarter. Interesting. Ten seconds behind. Where you? Because you're in what? Georgia. I'm in Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot. Of I'm looking. The website I'm getting my info from is NBA.com. I'm I'm actually looking at the game live. Oh, okay. Yeah, there there's usually a broadcast delay of anywhere. Yeah, it's normally a bro. Yeah. Fifteen to thirty seconds, depending on where you're at. Yep. Right. Yeah. All right. We're all on the East Coast. Where Where are you at, Seven? I'm in Phoenix. You're on the oh, West Coast. You're on the West Coast? West oh, Coast. Oh, my West God. Coast. How All right, real quick. Let's, real quick, guys. Let's <laughs> Too go fucking ahead. hot. Let's go ahead and get, <laughs> let's go ahead, even though he's not here, 
doing his Walmart and trailer park tours. Let's still go ahead and do our next segment, Dan's Dick of the Week. Let's see real quick. All right, here we go. All right, all right. Let's go ahead and get into this. Let me start with Gene. Gene, who's your Dick of the Week, man? Without a doubt, uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, that was the most unencouraging move he could have made because he put a big target on to his back right now. Oh yeah, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna have to be special from the. He's gonna have to be special from the start. I mean, he's gonna have to come out and play lights out. Uh, I think Tyreek did that uh, for you know to sway to kind of sway the ball his way a little bit. Because right. If you make, because if you make a comment about how underused you was in KC, and then you know you got a receiver in Waddle who's very capable of taking you somewhere, and he knows that ball's going to go his way a lot. Because, uh, like I said, I think this coach brung Tyreek in as a uh, additive to what he wants to really do. He figures we got a Tyreek on the on the field, we can get a lot of eyes on him, and we can get this guy Waddle open. And we can make mm-hmm. some big plays that way. So it is going to pull some attention off of Waddle. Yeah, it is. It is. But but for him to for him to actually say that and then uh, say that he was underutilized in KC, uh, dude, you 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 won a super you won Super Bowl. I mean, my bro, God. just take the money. Just take yeah, you just, just take admit, the money. Just admit, Tyreek Hill, that you left for the money. Just 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 keep it real. He just left for the money. money. Yeah, he left for the money. He, he left, left for the money. He, yeah, he wasn't in a situation where you was in a you were you were going to be in sixty percent of that offense, bar none. Yep. Yeah. Bar none. You was going to be in Amen. a lot of plays. So don't don't sit there and and, uh, and put that out there like oh I was getting underused because if you fail because you're saying that because you know this might fail. You know this might be this, you might fail in Miami and you might be unhappy and you might want to leave. So. Uh, after you see how Tua plays when uh, these defensive lines are trying to rip his head off. Yup. And can't get the ball out of his hands. And uh, <clears throat> I just want to add, I got a, a third of a, a third <coughs> of, a dick, <clears throat> of a dick of the week tonight. And that's Daniel. I'm tired of him leaving and going on these damn tours. Change your damn schedule. I'm sick of it. So when he comes on after this show and he comes on with you, seven, you tell him, say, Gene said, listen, all this porn, Walmart and trailer park, it's got to stop. Change it's got to schedule. stop, man. Be a boss. Be a boss. It's got to stop, man. You got two commitments. You can't have three. You can't have three. You can't, can't have three. Walking. No, you can't. You got sports report, sports report after dark, and that's it, Dan. That's every your Walmart only two commitments. Every, it's every the only Walmart thing that matters on Monday. Well, everything that Walmart's that's closest to me, they're all closed at 11 o'clock. So what do you help? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, G- all right, seven. Who's your dig of the week? Um, for what's probably going to be the final time since his dumbass is going to get fired soon, Tony Larusa. Seriously, yeah. fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah, <laughs> man, I don't like you. Tre- I, I really don't like you treating the geriatric people of the world like this. You know, you deserve it though. No, he's he's he's, he's terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's well, the game, the game has got past him. Like man, the game passed him by. He, he, the, game, the, the game has passed him by, and 
it's a disservice to that organization and to those fans to stay in that position, ruining the opportunities that that roster presents themselves because it's going to get a lot more expensive soon to have that roster. Yeah. Uh, real quick, my dig of the week is the Washington Commanders. I can't believe I just said that. The Washington Commanders wide receiver Terry McLaurin now attending mandatory minicamp. Bro, what you doing? What you doing? He wants that money. Come on, Before man. Carson Wentz kills his value. Come on. <laughs> that one's easy to fucking see. Uh, wow. yes, Come on, man. Yes. Yeah. I, I, Jack Del Rio's a bigger dick of the week than fucking Terry McLaurin. I hate Jack Del Rio, but it's already known that Jack Del Rio's yeah, like, a dick. I like Jack. I don't like hey, that. He's, he's honest. Yeah, he honest. He just honest and, about and, the wrong stuff. I mean, he didn't it, understand that, that half the locker room looked like me and Gene. And, and here's the thing. That is going to be a bigger punishment. I don't think the hundred grand that he was fined, that was stupid. Mm. You can't, and the NFL sets a bad, bad precedent with that by finding somebody just because you disagree with them. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that he vastly underestimates the impact of the January 6th insurrection. I'm not mm. trying to, I'm not trying to condone him what he said in any way, shape or form. Right. But he is going to get, there's, there's going to be more of an impact on how he sees this from having to face those players in the locker rooms when OTAs start tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow. 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 That their OTA, their, mm-hmm. their, their OTA start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Can't wait. Then a hundred grand that's going out of his pocket and going into a charity. I love money going to charity, but we can't find somebody just because we disagree with them. It is our responsibility he, to educate them and bring them into the present. He he. Now he has to deal with a whole team. Just look at him sideways. That's a huge punishment. But my issue with Terry McLaurin is this: like, I get what you're saying, trying to get his trying to get his money before Carson Woods kills him. But come on, man, come on, man. You need to be in camp. He needs to be in camp, but again, he needs to be in camp. He, he really does. It's not like he's this. It's not like it's not like he's Tyreek Hill. He's good, but where does he? He's not in the top five of receivers in the league. No, no, no. He's actually a two, and uh, he's the number two receiver. He's a two, having to play a one. Having, yeah, they're trying to force him to be a one. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Carson Wentz, he's going to end up being a three. <laughs> yup. Exactly, going to be a three. So that's my ticket week. Um, We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, all right. Any anybody got anything they want to get out there before we roll out for the night? Yeah. Uh Josie Josie changed Josie changed the intro. Okay. Maybe some things around there, Josie. I know you're watching. I know you're watching. We were Oh wait a minute. Tonight. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, he gave his dig of the week. Yeah, Dre Magra. Ah yeah, that, that, that's a good one. That is a good one. You know the best the, the best triple singer best. defender in the in the league. Hey, look, look. <laughs> triple single, look, yep. Look, Draymond in the triple single Hall of Fame. <laughs> he in the triple single Hall of Fame. He, he's the first baller. First baller for that. First baller for that. I mean, look, that thing that makes me upset about people saying he's a Hall of Famer, I don't think he is. Um, but people say he's a Hall of Famer. Um, Just because he has four rings doesn't mean he's a Hall of Famer. Or oh three, three, four, I can't remember. Probably oh, there seven. Robert Orr got seven and he ain't in the Hall of Fame. He will be one day. He he will be one day because hey, because, be. because yeah, his impact be. his impact yeah. in the NBA was a was a whole lot bigger than Draymond's. Absolutely. So all, they, all they need for Horry to get him in is a documentary. 
Yep. Once yep. people realized how important he was to those teams when he came in, mm-hmm. you got to look at his career. He's probably played a total of 14 minutes his whole career. You know yep. what I mean? And got yep. that many rings. You know, he comes in, he helps out, and then he he's a big shot guy. Big shot whore is what we used to call him. So, big shot Bob. Yeah, big shot Bob. Big, big shot, shot Bob. Boy. Yep. Right now, r- real quick update before we get out of here for the night. Go to State Warriors leading the Boston Celtics 89 to 89 to 79. We got about five minutes left to go in the game. Let's see if that league can hold up. Uh, don't forget, check out seven in the winter meetings every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's gonna be on the sports report, both on Twitch and on YouTube. So definitely check that out. Um Tomorrow After night. dark is going to start twenty in about 20, 25 minutes at, at 45, about 50 minutes to the hour, we're going to start after dark. So okay. stick around. We will be going back. We're going to dive into what Ryan Day is doing. I cannot wait to talk about this. Oh, yeah, most def. And, and real quick, too. I'm going to definitely tune in. Yeah. You can join us and if you want. And, and, and real quick to sports report, sports report after dark coming up. Uh, I also got sports report fight night coming up tomorrow night. We'll be talking about a lot of pro wrestling. Myself, Joseph, hopefully we get Gene back on with us. Um, definitely going to go over everything that's going down. AEW, WWE, um, NWA, everything going down in the world of wrestling. We're going to take care of you guys. If there's nothing else, I want to say thank you to KW. Thank you to Dart Lizard for coming out tonight. We appreciate you guys. Uh, shout out to you, you guys for being here, and we'll see you all again right here on the Sports Report next week, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Pinfall Streams. You guys have a great week, and take care.